Hey, have you got bare walls at home or in your office? Do you want to surround yourself with the majesty and inspiration of our mountains? I'm talking truly incredible photography of Western North Carolina landscapes. RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stay tuned for details. It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. It is, what, Monday, July 20th, 2020. Glad you are here. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, thank you very much to the people who make the show possible. Not just subscribers, obviously, uh, but patrons like Leslie and Dan, Trudy and Jan and Kim and Lair and Luella and NC and Monica, Eugene, Dennis, Billy. I appreciate the support. Like I said, I couldn't do it without you guys. So uh, Wake County District Attorney Lauren Freeman announces that she's not going to file charges against former Republican congressional candidate Mark Harris as part of her probe of the 9th Congressional District scandal. Isn't it amazing this thing is still being investigated? How many years has it been now? Since, I mean, the election was 2018, right? Freeman is leading the state investigation into the scandal, which has already led to two different indictments against McCray Dallas, who is a political operative who worked for the Harris campaign in 2018. Dallas is charged with crimes related to election fraud, including illegally possessing absentee ballots. Uh, He also is accused of paying people to collect ballots, sort of incentivizing their uh, their operations. You know, people you get, you know, the more ballots you can bring in or get, then the more money you can make. And that is not allowed. Okay, you can do that for registering people to vote, but you can't do it for the uh, ballot collection. Um, Others who worked for Dallas also face charges related to election fraud. All of them have pleaded not guilty. Now, I have the statement from the district attorney, and I spent some time talking to Mark Harris about all of this. But first, I'd like to make a statement about sleep. It's great. I like sleep. I really do. I think it's pretty vital. Sleep deficiency actually can lead to a whole bunch of problems. You know that, right? Mental health problems as well. Um, And uh, if you don't have a good mattress, chances are you're not getting a good night's sleep. So get yourself a great mattress and get yourself a great night's sleep. That's what I did years ago when I went to Mattress Man, and I highly recommend that you do as well. Also, you can take advantage all this month of the zero 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 deal the triple zeros zero down zero percent apr financing for up to 24 months so no interest and zero payments for 90 days they also have hot deals to keep you cool and today i think it's going to be like seven thousand degrees uh down in the charlotte area so um these are great mattresses too this is the queen gel memory foam mattress 399 i know what a deal also Take advantage of the free bedding bundle deal they've got, including sheets, protectors, and pillows with the purchase of select mattresses. It's all at MattressManStores.com. Mattressman has four locations in Western North Carolina. They do ship nationwide uh, and local five-star delivery service with a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattressman. Buy local and sleep better. 
All right, so here is the statement from the District Attorney of Wake County, Lauren Freeman. She says, quote, Following more than a year of investigation by multiple state and federal agencies into the involvement of former congressional candidate Mark Harris and the Harris campaign into the absentee ballot operations in Bladen County during the 2018 general election, our office has concluded that there is not evidence which would support a criminal case against Dr. Harris and therefore is closing the matter as to him. Charges against multiple individuals, including Mr. McCray Dallas, who was hired by the Harris campaign, remain pending, and investigations continue probing other areas of evidence. It is critically important that the public be able to trust the electoral process. Candidates for elected office have a duty to uphold the public's faith by not only following the law, but by exercising sound judgment. Dr. Harris's decision to relinquish his seat and call for a new election in which he did not participate were important steps in restoring the confidence of voters in District 9. Right, so as long as, so he won the race, remember. Uh, Mark Harris won that congressional race against Dan McCready and uh, had the vote certified and everything else, and uh, he he won. But because of what the absentee ballot harvesting operation uh, had done down in Bladen County, which, as I remember, didn't actually swing the outcome of the race. But he then is, uh, you know, they don't certify the results, and uh, he then says he won't run for uh, the, the new election, the new special election. He was also dealing with a lot of health problems at this time. Joining me now is Reverend Mark Harris. He was a candidate and uh, a winner for a brief moment of time uh, of the 9th Congressional District in North Carolina. And uh, he joins me now. Welcome to the show, Reverend. How are you, sir? Well, Pete, I'm doing very well. It's uh, great to talk to you today. So uh, first off, I got to ask, how is uh, how are you doing health wise? Because I remember when all of this stuff sort of blew up a couple of years ago, you were facing some pretty serious medical uh, issues. And so are you in the clear now? Are you doing are you doing well? I'm doing very well, um, and thank you so much for asking. We did, uh, it was in the midst of, of all of the turmoil that, uh, I, uh, diverticulitis was something that I'd had, and I just simply, one of the little places evidently ruptured, and without me knowing it, and, um, I ended up, uh, going to the emergency room, had set, I became sepsis, and with, in the midst of all of that, um, they found, um, that I had a hole in my heart, which led to, uh, to actually two septic emboli or two strokes as they called it and it was really a crazy crazy time in our lives and uh, we were in intensive care for about eight days a few days in the hospital but came out of that um, I did have surgery in March of 19 to remove about 8 to 12 inches of my colon and to reattach and then mm-hmm back in June to uh, have the hole in my heart repaired and uh, so we got through all of that and uh, they all the doctors have turned me loose now and uh, we're we're back to just the normal uh, annual physical so uh, we're been great thank you yeah sure my dad had the uh, the same uh, procedure for diverticulitis uh, and it uh, it took him out for uh, I want to say over a month in a hospital uh, his body just did not respond well that is not a uh, that's no joke uh, uh, right. that uh, that disease so um, so while this was going on and for folks who don't know the reason why we're talking to Reverend Harris is because uh, I guess the second question or the second uh, uh, congratulations uh, would be that uh, you're not going to face charges for this uh, for what happened in the district in the congressional district election this is the Wake County District Attorney Lauren Freeman announced 
that she's not filing any charges against you, uh, saying there's no evidence that you did anything to conspire to commit election fraud. Um, so is this news to you that you did not conspire? Was that news to you? Uh, no. <laughs> we, we knew all along that uh, we, we did not conspire. And, uh, but I will say that I, I am grateful um, for the district attorney in Wake County to, to make that announcement that she chose to make on, um, I guess, this week. And I, you know, the people keep telling me that it's really unheard of for a prosecutor to, to make an announcement like that. And so um, I, I was just very thankful that she did, and uh, and made made it clear. So we are um, we are certainly uh, very grateful. Was this something that was weighing over you, like uh, the whole time that you thought that uh, that this might happen? Not that she would make this announcement uh, and clear you, but like that it was that this was just going to be sort of your new normal to have to live with the uh, this investigation that was th- that is still ongoing as i understand it right but w- is this was this always on your mind or is it something that you just kind of didn't think about after a while well, you know, I, Pete, one of the things I think a lot of folks have misunderstood is I, I was never, uh, notified or shared or told, uh, that I was a target of the investigation. And, uh, one of the things that some have found interesting is the fact that, uh, even yet, I, I, did, she made this announcement Wednesday that I was, uh, no longer, uh, you know, was not going to face any charges or anything. I've never had any interviews with, uh, any law enforcement. Um, I've never been called in. I mean, all of the things that uh, were subpoenaed to the North Carolina um, State Board of Elections and, and documents that we had to send to them, I think law enforcement actually uh, subpoenaed those documents, and all of those things were turned over to them. But uh, we, we were – I was told early on that we'd never been a letter uh, received by my attorneys or by me indicating that I was the target of any investigation. It seemed to be, uh, you know, targeted toward, toward other folks, and uh, particularly, I guess, down in Bladen County. Yeah. So for people who may not remember what all this is about, I guess if they've uh, emerged from a cave recently or uh, have not been paying any attention whatsoever since uh, 2018, which was when you ran for Congress uh, and you won the primary, you went into the general election, right, because you beat uh, Robert Pittenger, if I remember correctly, uh, in the Ninth District, right, and you beat Pittenger and then you went up against the Democrat Dan McCready. and. Uh, this was 2018, and you employed a fellow by the name of McRae Dowless. Uh, well, the campaign, I should say, employed McRae Dowless. So, uh, and, and then th- it turned out that he was running some sort of an absentee ballot harvesting operation. The whole, all of the election results were thrown into doubt, and uh, a new election was ordered. You just, you said you weren't going to run for uh, the re-election, if I remember correctly. And then Dan Bishop won that race, uh, and he is in office now. So did I get any of that wrong, just to, as the sort of the catch-everybody-up thumbnail sketch? You were spot on. Okay. And, uh, and an illness, of course, that, um, you know, even when we left that day from Raleigh um, and a new a new election was, was facing in the future, I left Raleigh thinking I would, would most likely run in that race. Now, 
keep in mind, I I had an IV uh, that was in my arm uh, while I was even in, in that hearing throughout the whole time, and that IV didn't come out until the next week uh, because I was finishing up a month of IV antibiotics. And uh, but we it was over that weekend and talking with the doctors and uh, understanding that I faced surgery, um, and the General Assembly had passed a bill that said that if a new election were going to be held, that there would have to be a new primary. And in talking with the doctors, talking to my family, uh, we just made the decision that um, I needed to spend the rest of 2019 getting well again so that I could, could live to fight another day, I guess. Yeah. So do you think that the General Assembly legislation was uh, was done in order to stiff arm you, to get you out? You know, I'm, I'm not... I- I don't know. I'm not going to probably pretend to to know any of the motives uh, behind what was done. Um, I know a number of people had indicated, and I mean Democrats and Republicans, that that law would never have stood up if there had been a legal challenge to it. Uh, to because really, I I still hold a letter to this day uh, from the state board of elections saying that I was a certified winner uh, in the primary uh, in May of 2018. So. You know, um, again, it was never challenged. In fact, uh, Dan McCready had reached out to me right after the hearing, uh, thinking that I was going to run again. And there were a number of groups that were looking at uh, challenging that in court. And he had actually called to see if uh, I was going to be a part of any lawsuit to challenge that. (laughs) Really? Uh, What was uh, that conversation like? Oh, it, it wasn't a conversation. He had left a voicemail, oh. <laughs> and I did not return that call. Okay. Uh, so, nevertheless, um, he, there were folks that, that, that did say that that law would have never stood. I, I Was it a challenge? Was it a way that they wanted to get me out of the race? Um, I, I really don't know. I, I believe if I had run uh, that I would have won the primary. We, we were receiving an incredible amount of support during that time, quite frankly, Pete. I mean, I would be in restaurants um, and folks would come up to me, even Democrats, and would say, you know, Mark, I'm, I'm probably as far to the left as as you are to the right, but I just want to tell you I'm sorry because uh, you you were royally mistreated uh, in in what happened to you, and so um, you know I, I don't know what their motive was though to answer your question. Sure, that and that's fair. Uh, I just was curious if you had heard any kind of, uh, uh, and I'm not asking you to speculate or know someone else's heart, obviously, or their motives, but uh, sure. if there was any kind of indication that that was the case. Um, so walk me through the relationship with McCray Dallas and how that came to be. How did this guy end up working for your campaign? And if I remember correctly, again, I'm just going off of memory. Uh, like you had, there, there were people that told you, hey, look out for this guy. Was And I think, was it your son who told you that as well? Like you might not want to be involved with this dude? Well, yeah, and and that was a piece that was really interesting in all the mix, to be honest with you, because, you know, when um, in 2016, I ran in the primary uh, that you may recall. It was a special election. The courts had changed. I had ordered the General Assembly to redraw all the districts, and so all the districts were redrawn 
2016, and it even moved the congressional primary off the statewide primary that happened in March, where the presidential race was happening, and they moved the uh, congressional primary to June. And so uh, Robert Pittenger was uh, running for reelection. I got in that race in 2016. I mean, yeah, 2016 in the primary. And Todd Johnson, who was a county commissioner from Union County, now a state senator, also got in that race in 2016 in the primary for the special election. It was only going to be a nine-week race. And so uh, we worked hard. Uh, and at coming out of that race, uh, Pittenger finished first, uh, and I finished second by only 134 votes. Right. And Todd finished third. Well, when you looked at the returns that came in that night, and I was down by 134 votes, um, there was in Bladen County, Todd Johnson won Bladen County. And Todd won Bladen County uh, with 221 absentee ballots. Uh, and I had four absentee ballots, and <laughs> Pittenger had zero absentee <laughs> ballots. And so uh, in the mix of that, you know, I've actually uh, talked to uh, the attorney that was with us at that time that was uh, because we called for a recount. And in the midst of the recount, I mentioned to the attorney, you know, was there anything that stands out here about Bladen County? I said, this is sort of an anomaly. And, and he told me, well, you know, Mark, there honestly just really isn't any indication that anything has gone on um, down there. He said, there's, there's not anything illegal that anybody would know of. And he said, I really, Pittenger is the one that you have to overcome that 134 votes, uh, not the votes that this guy got. So uh, he said, you know, there really is no reason to, to issue a protest or anything like that. And, and honestly, if I thought something had been done wrong at that point and gotten advice as such, we would have entered a protest then yeah. in 2016. Um, but we didn't and nobody did. Well, after the recount was done and Pittenger uh, took that seat, um, I received a call uh, that summer and the call came from Marion Warren. Marion Warren at that time was serving as the chief administrator for the North Carolina courts um, appointed by Chief Justice Mark Martin. And so in Mary and I had gotten to know him when he ran for the Court of Appeals. And he just shared with me, he said, Mark, he said, man, I just hate that, that things turned out like they did. And he said, look, if you ever get ready to run again, I need to, to get, get you down to Bladen County and introduce you to some key leaders. Because he said, Todd Johnson isn't who beat you in Bladen County. He said it was McCray Dallas. Hmm. And I said, well, who is McCray Dallas? And, um, and he said, he's just a good old boy, said he is... Um, he eats, lives, sleeps, drinks, smokes, everything, politics. It's just his whole life. And said he does things right. And he said, uh, you need to meet him down there. So I said, well, Marion, I said, if I, if Beth and I decide that this is something we'll do again, uh, I will let you know. So that was late June or July. And my son at that time was actually up in Washington. He was doing a clerkship, uh, in DC on the DC Circuit Court of Appeals for Judge Henderson. And he had just been watching the returns. And, and he said then, he said, man, dad, I think something went on in Bladen County. Yeah. And again, that's why I mentioned it to the attorney. And so I told 
John, the attorney said it's just there's no there's no there there, and so we moved on. So fast forward then to March of 2017, and uh, we're trying to make some major decisions because if we decided to step into this race, then we were going to clearly um, resign from First Baptist Church Charlotte uh, and put everything uh, into that race and take that step, and so. As I got to March, actually, Marion Warren had contacted me about another matter, taking some pastors to uh, come to Raleigh for a press conference on some kind of legislation that they had worked on. And um, I said, well, while we're at it, Marion, if you think about it, I'm really getting to the time I would love to just come down and meet some folks in Bladen County that you had offered to take me down there Mm -hmm. and meet. And so uh, he said, well, shoot me some dates. I shot him some dates. And again, we ended up coming into April. And so um, I we set up the arrangements. He contacted me that week. I still have the text messages. And, and he said, look, I'm not going to be able to get away because something's come up here. But he said the meeting is all set up for you to go down there to a furniture store, told me who I was going to meet there, who turned out to be the chairman of the county commission, um, a man that served on the board of elections for 15 years. Um, I would be introduced there again to a businessman named Pat Melvin. I would be introduced to again to Walter McDuffie, who was the head of the GOP in Bladen County. And uh, in fact, the sheriff was supposed to be in that meeting as well, but he had a funeral in Rayford that he had to attend and actually called in while we were there. And it was at that meeting for the first time that I shook hands and met McCray Dallas. And we sat out there in the middle of the showroom uh, at this furniture store and just had a little meeting. And I introduced myself to everybody and told them that I was looking to run uh, for Congress. And what had happened the previous year is that things had been sort of uh, Johnson and I must have split most of the anti-Pittenger vote uh, because the only county Pittenger won was Mecklenburg, mm-hmm. but he won it by enough to just eat me out um, by 134 votes. And I didn't want that to happen again, and I just wanted to hear these guys tell me what the state of politics were down in Bladen County. I'm speaking with Reverend Mark Harris. He is the former winner of the North Carolina 9th Congressional District. He received uh, word recently that he would not be prosecuted as part of the alleged ballot harvesting operation that was run by McCray Dallas down in Bladen County back in 2018. Uh, security is not just a vital part of elections, by the way. It's also vital to your business's website. You know how important your website is to your business now more than ever, right? You need it to turn up in search results. You want it to look professional. You want it to be user-friendly. You want it to be safe and secure. And while you do know your business, you probably might not know a lot about website design and maintenance. But you know who does? My friend Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design. Great design can actually solve a lot of your site's problems. Professional services, corporate, small business, and entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics, photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He even does logos. He did mine. So go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. The show is also made possible by Red Rock Photography. Have you ever seen a photo of the Blue Ridge Mountains that's so amazing that you you just stare at it? You can't even look away. That is 
uh, what happened to me when I first looked at the work done by Stacy Redman at RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stacy's from Western North Carolina, shooting landscapes for two decades after he realized, look, life is short. You don't get time back. So do what you love and don't regret not spending time with your family. So that's what he did. He went to work for himself chased his dream. His work is brilliant, it is striking, and it's easily affordable, really, for any space. Go see for yourself. RedRockPhotoNC.com and use the promo code PETE for 20% off. 20% off! Use PETE. RedRockPhotoNC.com Alright, so Mark Harris goes down to Bladen County in 2016 to meet the local political power brokers there and to secure support and make sure that he doesn't get blown out again in the absentee ballot count. And they began to explain what what had happened in Bladen County, how it had flipped from a more Democratic county to now uh, Republicans had had a uh, five to four advantage on the county commission. They had elected the first Republican sheriff in 2014 and all these things had happened. And they said, you know, McCray Dallas, uh, he is a, a big part of what has helped make this happen. And I looked at him and I said, well, McCray, tell me what makes you so special? And he said, well, he had a, a get out the vote program, GOTV, and, and the use of absentee ballot request forms to begin to get people engaged in, um, in voting and being involved in submitting their votes. So, uh, we talked that day, didn't make a decision that day. I was on my way back from that meeting and I talked to my son and I called my son at that particular point, just having a father son conversation where I'd been, what I'd done. And I said, you know, I met this guy that worked for Todd Johnson. And I said, everybody down there has, has spoken very well of him and, and what he has done. And my son said, well, he said, dad, you just, you better know that, uh, you know, what, what happened in 2016, uh, looked awfully crazy. Yeah. And I said, well, I understand that, John, but everybody I've asked here is saying that this guy's legit. And, um, and this is what we, what I need to do and bringing this thing together down there. And so that, that's where everything kind of got started. And so he, uh, at that time, we were just about to bring on, um, Andy Yates from Red Dome, uh, as our general consultant. And so I asked Andy, after I'd already tied up McCray, got a commitment from him, and then I reached out to Andy, uh, and I said, look, I want you to go down there. You've been in politics much longer than I have. I want you to go down there, and I want you to meet with McCray and just um, let him explain to you what he explained to me his program is and make sure that everything's legit, and and if it is, then let's uh, let's move forward and see this happen. So that was that was how it all started. And again, what he would explain, Pete, uh, to me, and I would later then take my wife down there uh, the first of May. Uh, he explained it to her. We had a friend that was running for Charlotte City Council, and uh, I introduced him to McCray. Mm-hmm. Well, he 
took it upon himself to actually bring McRae to Charlotte and uh, have him meet with Michael Dickerson over at the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections. I didn't even know they were meeting. And he wanted McRae to explain his get-out-the-vote program and the absentee ballot request form and, and sending people back to simply witness ballots. But he always emphasized to us, you don't ever take a ballot. You, you tell them to put it in the mail. You can even walk them to their end of their uh, driveway if they're, uh, you know, uh, not able to walk on their own and, and may have them open the mailbox and put it in. You don't take their ballot. Um, so, the so can I, I just want to, uh, for clarification, because I've known Michael Dickerson when I was a reporter down there at WBT years ago. And so uh, yeah. Dickerson, from what I understand, I mean, the guy, I mean, he was, he always seemed completely above board. Sure. Uh, never had any complaints against him that I'm aware of, and he seems very good and ethical. And so uh, that was my impression of him all these years. So was the point of that meeting to make sure your friend who ran for council, and I, I'm sorry, I forget who, what was his name. Uh, right. And so it was, it was the point to sort of make sure that Dallas was going through the, uh, he was following the letter of the law. And then if that was the intention, did Dickerson say, mm-hmm good to go like give him the all clear on his process absolutely in huh. fact i got reported i mean i read that during the month of december when people were coming out with various reports and they had interviewed um pete givens i think at that point and he said that was the first time i knew that pete had even brought uh mccray to charlotte uh to meet with michael dickerson and that they had met and michael dickerson uh said that yeah i mean he he didn't see anything wrong with what he described with him and he said in fact you know folks that that get people that helps us to uh to keep our voter files up to date and uh and so that, that's what michael dickerson had said in the article that i read back in december at yeah least. so there was uh, at any point did it ever seem off did anything ever seem off did it seem like uh that that what he was doing was uh, uh was you know under the table, I don't know, below board, not above board. Like I, I, because surely when you saw the results from 2016, you you even say right, like it didn't seem right to you. Like how could this be? He got a 200, like basically got 99.9 percent of all of the ballots, um, and so you went and hire him on, get him on board uh, with the, I mean, ostensibly so he can perform that kind of magic for you, right? And uh, and so, but did, was there any indication at any point that this guy might not be completely above board no not not in any any dealing i had with him at all i didn't sense that and in fact you know andy yates ended up uh getting him to do work for several other clients that he had down there i think i saw brendan jones who's in the state house was a client he worked for jody green who ran for sheriff down in columbus county uh he worked for uh, sheriff mcvicker there in bladen county uh he did work for and and paid red dome and uh the, for McRae to, to work with them. I mean, that came out in the hearing again. So, uh, you know, but as far as sensing anything, now, I, I'll be honest. I, in reflection, after it's all been over, I look back, and I was running in a campaign that, 
quite frankly, the bulk of the population, and you know this from having been in Mecklenburg, was Mecklenburg in Union County. Right. And and we're talking about eight counties, and this was the county the furthest to the east of, of any of us. It's three hours away uh, to get down there. And I, I have had to own the fact that, that I guess I did not supervise uh, as much as I guess I should have supervised. I guess I didn't go down and ask questions. I probably made it down to Bladen County uh, over the course of 17 months uh, from the primary to get ready for the primary and the general election. I went down there for a couple festivals. I went down there for a couple parades. Um, everything he did for us down there, he, he did well. He had everything set up. Um, there was never a problem that we ran into with that. Um, and no, I, I would say that the experience that I had, I was primarily raising money uh, just to try to keep ads on television uh, in a race that turned out to cost $15 million between what McCready spent and what our side spent. Um, and so, you know, but no, then answer your question. And looking back, even uh, there was nothing that would cause me to think that that he was doing anything illegal because the the program he described was built on relationships. And and if you listen to the if you just think about it, a guy that's been doing this for a number of years and born and raised down there, a small community like Bladen County, that he would have relationships and that people would that he would get to work and in getting the absentee ballot request forms. You know, if they had 10, 15, 20 family members that would fill out an absentee ballot request form and get an absentee ballot and vote it and mail it in, and maybe they weren't all that active and involved, but they were registered to vote and they were going to be involved, I mean, I could see easily how the program would work and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I mean, be done legally and get that number of votes. Well, that's exactly and, how it's done all the time legally. That's precisely what people and organizations do. Exactly. Mark Harris is the former winner of the North Carolina 9th Congressional District, and I'm going to finish uh, with our interview here in a, in a minute. First, I want to tell you about two sponsors of the program. Uh, I want to thank very much Rowena Patton and her All-Star Powerhouse team. Without them and their support over all the years, couldn't do any of this, wouldn't be able to make the show possible. And if you are looking for a home... Uh, or if you're looking to sell your home, these are the people to call. This is who Christy and I reached out to immediately when we uh, decided, you know what, we're going to go look for a house now. 333-4483 is her phone number. Rowena Patton, 333-4483. She is the official Homes for Heroes real estate agent in Asheville. It's a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from realtor commissions. Uh, that is uh, to police officers, firefighters. Healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military, veterans, active duty, and retired. Uh, she's given back uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about $800,000 so far to local folks. So give her a call. Buying or selling the only agent that I would call, 333-4043, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. Their website, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. The show is also made possible by Old Grouch's Military Surplus. If you're not sure if you're prepared for a disaster, maybe you need some medical kits, maybe some body armor, uh, if you're looking for real military surplus, 
For more than three decades, the answer is and has been and will be Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Downtown Clyde, it's an old school traditional store with a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim, and he gets new stuff in all the time. It's American made because it's real military surplus. He's always interested, by the way, so if you have some gear that you are interested in selling, take it down to Tim and he will, uh, you know, he'll appraise it for you. And uh, if he wants it, he'll buy it from you. He's got great stuff in stock and he gets new stuff all the time camo, shirts, hats customized dog tags he can do that for you which by the way is a great gift at like kids birthday parties and stuff like that uh old grouches on main street downtown clyde across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. Alrighty, so mark harris says that he had no indication that the man hired by his campaign to run the get out the vote operation in bladen county guy by the name of mccray dowless uh harris says he didn't know this that dallas was doing anything illegal he says he was told and believed that Dallas had worked in politics for so long that he had personal relationships with so many people. And that's how he was able to secure all of the absentee ballots. I mean, there was no reason for me to think that, that he was, was lying because so many people ignore an, uh, a county like Bladen. People ignore small communities. They, they are going to spend their time and their energy and their effort where... Uh, the people are. And yet we took our 2016 experience and and saw that, you know, uh, where Pittenger was weakest was in those counties down to the east. And so that was where we were going to focus. In fact, my campaign, all of them will tell you, the theme of my campaign is we were running in this election as if we were running for county commissioner. And when I hired my the people on my staff, Jason Williams, who was my campaign manager, he had been a county commissioner in Gaston County. Jake Johnson, who's now in the state house, he had been a county commissioner in Polk County, the youngest county commissioner in the state, I think, and had been chairman of the county commission. Uh, so we we really ran like we were running for county commissioner uh particularly in union county uh where the population was mm-hmm. and we knew we could do that in the smaller counties down there and build on those relationships I already had the pastoral relationships with people in the churches and and that was key uh so that's where we were moving do you have any desire to ever do this or engage in politics again you know uh, <laughs> it's been such a it's been such a incredible uh experience i mean the the emotional and hurt that we we went through i mean the fact that you know the way it was pulled off was unbelievable to me the the fact that there was never a complaint filed there was never a protest filed. All eight counties in the district went through their canvassing, and all eight counties canvassed and were successful. And uh, McCready called me and conceded on the Wednesday after the election. I had three days to get my affairs in order before I had to fly out on Monday 
to be in Washington, D.C., my wife and I, um, to begin our new member orientation. We went through a week of new member orientation. We came home at the end of the first week, had all of our family together for Thanksgiving, and we headed out the Monday after Thanksgiving for our second week of, of new member orientation. And it was during that second week of new member orientation when at that um state board meeting on Tuesday when all of the board would arrive to simply do what their ministerial duty was to do, and that was to certify the county canvas. Um, and my name was on the list. Um, in fact, if you listen to the hearing that day and the tape of it, Kim Strack went through all of the, the details of the work they had done and preparing now for the state board to uh, vote to approve the canvas. And the few races that were not on that list were set aside. They were maybe too close. We're going to have some kind of recount. But she said, we looked at all these races, and we're ready to proceed uh, with this. And then Joshua Malcolm, who was the vice chairman, uh, out of the blue, made the motion to withhold certification. And, um, and they would go into... Uh, after he said that, and you, if you remember his quote, it was that things have gone on in my part of the state, things that have gone on for years that I can no longer turn a blind eye to them. Right. And, uh, and so he moved that they withhold this. The, what is interesting, of course, is, um, the news that broke the next, uh, or broke this past Wednesday night. Yep. Uh, WBTV uh, has now opened another whole can of worms that that people are beginning to look at, um, and I assume you're aware of of that. I am. Yes, the WBTV has now requested Josh Malcolm's phone records, emails, his calendar entries, and other communication records from when he was at UNC Pembroke, where he was employed at the time, and uh, he has not produced any of these records, but apparently. He he was in communication with Dan McCready, uh, what, two days before that board meeting. Um, I also wonder, you mentioned earlier about sort of the Bladen County recent history, how they uh, generally uh, turned from a Democrat uh, area to a Republican area. And McCray Dallas is really a perfect example of that himself, right? He used to work for Democrats for years and then started doing services for Republicans. So really, is it any wonder if he wasn't above board, is it any wonder that Josh Malcolm has probably a pretty good idea of what he was doing because he used to do those things for Democrats? Um, and so maybe Malcolm had an idea and McCready had an idea because there's another organization what the Bladen County Improvement Association that's been operating down there for years as well, doing the same thing that McCray Dallas does, but they work for Democrats. So there's always been a lot of loose threads in this whole story um, that I feel like should have been pulled and never were. Um, and maybe we'll see some of that now. Um, well, one of the interesting things about it is on January the 3rd, um, Nick Ochner with WBTV posted or, or uh, put up his first story that he had already found that there were and had asked the uh, UNC Pembroke uh, for phone records, but also had asked the State Board of Elections, um, could they please report how many 
calls uh, or contacts there were between Joshua Malcolm and a fellow by the name of Jens Lutz, who had been placed on the Bladen County Board of Elections, who happened to have been a former partner of uh, – of McCray Dallas when they were Democrats, evidently. And so he goes on to this board and they had asked and uh, the state board had covered that up and come back and told uh, Nick, we don't really have any records that there were any contacts between them. And so they went and looked again and uh, at Nick's urging, they came back and they said, okay, I think they said there's three. And then I think they said there were maybe five. And by the time that WBTV threatened to bring the attorneys in, uh, they finally reported there were 13 contacts, I think, that went from March of 2018 all the way through uh, the election. And this Jens Lutz resigned the first weekend in December after uh, all of this went down with the State Board of Elections uh, that week. Again, all of that just falls by the wayside, uh, except I've got to give credit to Nick Ochner and WBTV. They have not let this go because they continued to ask for these records. And finally, by October, they had had enough. And they filed a lawsuit. WBTV attorneys filed a lawsuit against UNC Pembroke, I think maybe even named UNC System uh, President Roper at that point, and that they were responsible. This needed to be released. And so they have fought it. Uh, the State Board of Elections has uh, continued to emphasize that they have fought it. And it just, uh, it's so sad because it's like Nick said the other day, as, as bad, he said in the news report I saw, he said, you know, to see this now that we have, have uncovered or found that there was contact between Dan McCready and Joshua Malcolm that uh, had taken place in November, I think November 9th, the Friday after the elections, the first ones they found. And then again, I think on the 18th, there were several. And then, as you said, 48 hours before he would make the motion on that, uh, there were two different texts that that they had uh, with each other that had gone on. And that is totally a violation of the entire ethics code. In fact, you know, every time the State Board of Elections meets to have a vote, their chairman has to read a statement that simply says, in accordance with the State Government Ethics Act, it is a duty of every board member to avoid both conflicts of interest and appearances of conflict. And then they have to ask, does any board member have any known conflict of interest or appearance of conflict with respect to any matters coming before the board today? And and every board member has to either give a vow or a sign and say, yes, I have a conflict and here's what it is. And the board determines if that person should remain involved. But again, Josh Malcolm, to my knowledge, there's no record that he ever would have said to the board, oh, by the way, I, I have been in contact uh, multiple times with Dan McCready uh, before we get ready to vote on this uh certification of Mark Harris uh, to Congress today. That did not, he never said that in that meeting that day. So there's, there's so many things that have just come out that just are just disheartening that this kind of, of corruption uh, could be going on. And so, and, and I know I've kept you a little bit late here, so I'll let you go. I just, uh, I want to be clear though here that, um, that, 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 
I view that right as a separate matter that that whatever was going on between Malcolm and McCready and Lutz, like that's a, I mean, it's related, yes, but that's sort of a separate thing than whatever McCray Dallas was doing, correct? Oh, yes, yes. There's no question. Uh, And and again, uh, we've said all along, if if, if McCray Dallas has, has done what he's done, if you follow what the Board of Elections, the State Board of Elections is to do, it's the most unique thing I've ever seen because, Pete, the problem is you've got political appointees. I mean, Joshua Malcolm was appointed by Roy Cooper and uh, to be chairman because, again, it was unbelievable the turn of events that took place in that week if you just go back and look at them. Um, but uh, the vice chairman, uh, he was the vice chairman when he made the motion, but within a week the chairman had resigned and uh, Roy Cooper had appointed Josh Malcolm as the chairman. So he had the free reign to set the parameters of anything in this hearing. And, um, but we, we said all along when I, when I heard what they were saying and that if this was true, then he should certainly be dealt with by law enforcement because the state board of elections, their role is to secure elections Mm -hmm. and to certify elections. And they are to turn over referrals to the DA's office. They're to turn over referrals to the U S attorney's office and law enforcement then gets involved in, in bringing charges and dealing with the individual, which is exactly what ended up happening with, with McCray Dallas at this point. However, I, I do have to point out that that was 18 months ago almost, and he's yet to be brought to trial. And if it was as much of an open and shut case as what the media was reporting and what you would see done, you have to ask, why has he not been given his day in court? He has pled not guilty. He has continued to maintain that that he did not do anything illegal. And, And he, in fact, my wife's written a book. The book she's written, she's in, it tells the whole journey, the whole story, and she's titled it 13 Ballots. And you say, well, why, why does she call it 13 Ballots? Because if you dig into the indictments that uh, came against McCray Dallas, all the indictments actually charge him, she did the math, I assume, that if you look at the indictments, there are 13 ballots that he is actually charged with taking possession of for the purpose of mailing uh that he took possession of them and um for his 13 and that was over three elections i mean that was the fall of 2016 which i wasn't even on the ballot and in 2016 he i didn't even i'd never met the man and then 2018 uh primary and 2018 general uh his charges are 13 ballots that that he is actually charged with and for that process of what he did, 282,000 voters in the 9th Congressional District had their votes completely thrown out and a new election called. And I'm sorry, but there there would be a better way to handle that. Uh, maybe if they wanted to just vote that county over again, but to throw out 282,000 people's votes and start over um, is just... It's a tragedy, I think. Reverend Mark Harris, I appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for spending it with me. Listen, thank you, Pete. 
All right, and you heard me mention the Bladen County Improvement Association. WBTV has been investigating them and uh, previously uncovered evidence that people paid by this organization, this PAC, uh, a group that supported Dan McCready as well as other Democratic candidates in the 2018 election, um, but also in like every election going back a decade or so, um, that this Bladen County Improvement Association PAC also ran an absentee ballot operation similar to McCray Dowlas's. No one associated with that pack, though, has ever been charged with a crime. WBTV says the group was also mentioned, though, in a 2016 criminal referral from the State Board of Elections to federal prosecutors. Um, Harris also mentioned there at the end this lawsuit brought by WBTV against UNC Pembroke and specifically the records of Josh Malcolm. Now, Josh Malcolm was the vice chairman of the State Board of Elections when he made the motion to not certify this race. WBTV then requested his phone records and his emails, as well as his calendar entries and other communication records from UNC Pembroke, where he was employed. They made this request in January of 2019. No records were ever produced in response to that request until like 10 months later in November of 19, when a lawsuit against the school was filed by WBTV. And even then, the university withheld a number of records at the request of the State Board of Elections, which until that point had never asserted any kind of a legal justification for their ability to block the release of the records, writes WBTV's Nick Oxner. So then Malcolm leaves UNC Pembroke in October. So as the lawsuit's getting filed, then he leaves, right? They've been, they stonewall, stonewall with WBTV. They won't give up these records. And then he quits. University officials refused to give any details of what happened to his cell phone, which was issued by the university. It's the only phone that he used for personal and business purposes, despite multiple requests from WBTV and the station's lawyers as part of the lawsuit. And it's not clear whether text messages from Malcolm sent and received using that phone can ever be recovered now. By the way, why is this important? Well, because phone records that did get produced as part of the lawsuit show that show that, show that Malcolm, a Democrat who lives in Robinson County right next to Bladen and which is part of the 9th District, that Malcolm had regular contact with Dan McCready in September and November 2018. So right in the thick of the general election. Also, a judge is now listening this week to arguments about whether COVID-19 should prompt changes to the way we vote this fall. U.S. District Judge William Osteen scheduled three days of hearings involving a lawsuit by two voting advocacy groups and several citizens, Democrats, these are lefties, because they are arguing that current rules threaten their health if they try to go vote. And the plaintiffs are being led by D.C.-based Democratic attorney Mark Elias, the same guy who has sued North Carolina over all sorts of uh, redistricting plans and voter rules and everything else. Uh, They are trying to block voter restrictions, they call them, voting restrictions passed in the wake of all of this District 9 scandal. So all of the things that the Democrats were demanding that get fixed because of the District 9 scandal, 
right? Because of McRae Dallas, and we need all these new changes, we need laws and all this. So the Republicans pass new legislation to try to shore up and secure the vote, and now you got Democrats saying they want to unwind all of that stuff. I'm sure it has nothing to do with politics. It's all just about, you know, clean voting, I'm sure. Yeah. That's a wrap for this episode. Hey, remember, subscribe to the podcast and give it a positive review. I appreciate that. And consider becoming a patron of the program. Uh, Thanks so much for your support. All of the links are in the description of the podcast. We'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.